Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Total Information AM, we get the latest on the top legal stories in the news. Here's Debbie Monterey. We have been talking so much about AI and chat GPT, and this is really the new frontier. Brad Young is our KMOX legal analyst and also a partner with Harris Dow Fisher and Young. And Brad, we've had comedians and people like Sarah Silverman suing over this. We've had authors like Jody Pico and John Grisham. Now we have the New York Times suing Microsoft and ChatGPT's maker OpenAI over copyright infringement. What is the issue here? Well, Debbie, uh, as far as I know, the New York Times is the first media outlet, uh, even though you've mentioned others that are suing ChatGPT, which is owned by uh, a company called OpenAI, but also Microsoft, who has their version of ChatGPT uh, Chat called BARD. Uh, but this New York Times is the first lawsuit filed by a media conglomerate against these AI companies. And the basis for the lawsuit is is fairly easy to understand because when you understand how uh, these AI companies work, basically they do what's called taking a scrape of the internet. They, they take large swaths of the internet and then digitize it. So when a person asks ChatGPT to create something, it goes and does that based upon prior content. Now this priorly, prior produced content, for example, with the New York Times, includes everything written by the New York Times. And so the New York Times is, is stating that this is copyright infringement. And in fact, the New York Times has been in negotiations with ChatGPT for licensing for months and months. And this lawsuit was only filed once those licensing negotiations came to an impasse and were canceled. So the New York Times is really on, on a new ground here when it comes to media companies stating that the use of their material by ChatGPT and Microsoft violates U.S. copyright law. It does seem like they have a leg to stand on because in one of the examples they used, OpenAI software produced almost identical text to a Times article that I guess somebody just said, hey, tell tell me about predatory lending practices in the taxi industry. And it was like you were reading a New York Times article. Exactly. And that's the main argument from the New York Times is that it's taking their content without uh, any payment for that content. Now, on the other side, ChatGPT and Microsoft, their position here is that their use of this material falls under what's called fair use. Uh, Fair use is an exemption to the Copyright Act, and it allows 
for the use of information for teaching purposes and for research purposes. But there's an interesting requirement here because courts have said that the fair use of copyright work must generate something new that is transformative. Now, that word transformative, Debbie, is going to be a focal point of this litigation because the Times is stating there's nothing transformative here. You can basically get a word-for-word recitation of what's in the New York Times, and there's nothing transformative. On the other hand, ChatGPT and Microsoft are going to say this is the ultimate in transformative because we're allowing individuals to use AI to to take this information to the next level. And so by definition, it's transformative. Uh, This is a fantastic example of how the courts are always struggling to keep up with the pace of change with technology. And again, the focal point here will be what does transformative mean? Wow. Yeah, I do not envy the judge who has to sort this one out for sure. I'm not the last we'll hear of this issue either. No, not at all. This will be this will be I think the beginning of many lawsuits from other media companies who will basically follow the New York Times lead here and this type of litigation Debbie will ultimately determine how AI is used in the future because if courts rule that the AI companies cannot do this type of scraping material, then at that point, the question becomes, how can AI operate if it can't access these large swaths of the internet? This could either uh, allow AI to continue or it could really bring it to its knees based upon how these lawsuits are resolved. Last week when we talked to you, we were discussing the Colorado Supreme Court decision in which they voted four to three to keep Donald Trump off the primary ballot for inciting an insurrection. And people had said, well, that's because it's a blue state and a blue court. And yet here we have a decision in Michigan, which would also be a blue state that went the opposite way. Exactly. Uh, Several weeks ago, a Michigan Court of Claims judge stated that even if we look at how the 14th Amendment Section 3 Insurrection Clause works, the Michigan Court of Claims judge stated that that this doesn't give election officials any leeway to police the eligibility for a presidential primary candidate because – For two reasons. Number one, it's a political question. Courts typically don't want to determine political questions. But secondly, it was a jurisdictional issue. Can a state court prevent uh, someone from being on a ballot in a federal election? And uh, just last week, the, the Michigan Supreme Court upheld that decision, stating that it's not the place of state court judges uh, to police what candidates are or are not on the ballot of a federal election. But this raises, Debbie, the classic issue of uh, of a difference between different courts. So we have Colorado, as you mentioned, stated that Trump could be kept off the ballot. Michigan Supreme Court now says that he cannot be kept off the ballot. And this friction is really what the Supreme Court is designed uh, to resolve. So that's why when this case gets appealed to the Supreme Court and the court hears it, this should resolve the issue one way or another for the entire country. Otherwise, you would continue to have uh, these uh, decisions where one state says yes and a different state says no. And there has to be a coherent decision here regarding whether he can or cannot appear on the ballot. 
Well, that kind of segs perfectly into the next topic where we have some states now that say women can have a legal abortion and other states say you cannot. Some states would like to push it even further and charge women with murder if they cross state lines to seek an abortion. So we have a number of stories, Brad, where where even states where there are exceptions for medical emergencies or the life of the mother are pushing against that, like Texas, where the attorney general is trying tried to stop a woman who was trying to have a medical emergency abortion and he moved to stop her and the supreme court said yes we we won't let you do this so it, this is really weird territory that that states are in right now well what we're seeing debbie is a change in the abortion litigation landscape because before the dobbs decision in 2022 which reversed uh, Roe versus Wade. Before that, the focus was always on whether the 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 federal court system had the authority to make a decision nationwide. After the Dobbs decision, uh, which returned it to the states, now the the litigation landscape, Debbie, is moving from challenging it challenging it on a nationwide level to really challenge each state by state, and and primarily what we're seeing is lawsuits to overturn state bans or restrictions on abortion and also travel restrictions. Some states uh, have laws that prevent people from traveling from one state to another to obtain an abortion. And in those instances, those laws are being challenged in many states. And that litigation will only continue in 2024. And this is also a case where there won't be federal clarity because the Supreme Court is the the court that returned all, all of this to the states. That's correct. So this is going in the opposite direction of what we talked about uh, regarding whether Trump can appear on the ballot. Traditionally speaking, uh, health issues were always dictated on a state-by-state state basis, and the Supreme Court said in Dobbs that that needs to continue. So what that's doing is creating this uh, this incredible rise in litigation on a state-by-state state basis. And we saw recently in December when there was the, the person in Texas, I believe her name was Kate Cox, uh, who sought a, an emergency medical abortion for a non-viable pregnancy. And, and even though in that instance it was held that she could not go forward with the pregnancy because uh, her life was not at risk, there's another case pending in Texas that will really challenge this issue more broadly uh, than just the Kate Cox case, which was limited to her. So we'll see that litigation. There's also a, a lawsuit filed in Indiana uh, that will, again, challenge this idea of what does it mean when abortion laws state that an abortion is allowed to preserve the mother's life or health? What does that actually mean? Does that mean mental health? Does that mean physical health? Does that mean life, meaning uh, whether she could die or live, or does it mean quality of life? All of those issues will have to be resolved on a state-by-state -state basis nationwide. Well, we always appreciate the legal clarity from our KMOX legal analyst, Brad Young, with Harris Dell Fisher & Young. Thanks for the time. My pleasure, Debbie. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 